let me introduce you to inspiring entrepreneurs. Hi there, my name is Ben Gothard. My mission is to interview incredible entrepreneurs who are changing the world and present their stories to you, unscripted and unedited. From billionaires to Forbes 30 under 30 recipients to New York Times best-selling authors and much, much more, these people are living proof that nothing is impossible. Join me on this journey to learn from their experiences and become the person you're meant to be. Welcome to the Project Egg Show every morning at 8 a.m. Central. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Project Egg Show. I'm your host, Ben Gothard, and I'm super excited to see you here today because we have the honor of speaking with Megan Desart, owner of Life's a Beach. You heard me right, people. It's hilarious. It's super clever. And I'm so excited to be talking to you today, Megan. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm fantastic. Well, thanks for having me on. Super honored to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. The pleasure is mine. So enough of me being super duper excited about this. Let's get right into it. I want to know, what is your story? What is my story? Wow, that's a very loaded question. How far do you want me to go back? <laughs> all the way. I literally want the entire Okay, time. all the way. So I will start with, um, grew up in a, you know, pretty normal, normal childhood, divorced parents. Um, my dad moved away. And when I was a teenager, my dad decided that he was going to tell me that he was gay and that he was HIV positive. I was 14 years old at the time, which threw me into a little bit of a tailspin. And I want to say it was kind of from that point forward and some other things that were going on in my life that I went down a dark path. I started using drugs um, to escape, ended up addicted to methamphetamine, um, ended up, you know, years of addiction, homeless, uh, almost died got a felony, right? Like, so really dark time. This is 20 years ago um, that I quit, but I was able to quit. (laughs) Um, I looked in the mirror one day after years of, you know, I had no family members left. I was basically on my own. I was homeless. I was kind of living in a car and I was in a public bathroom using drugs. And I looked in the mirror and I didn't recognize myself And I had had a lot of goals and hopes and dreams growing up. And I looked in the mirror and I'm like, this is not what I want my life to be. This, I got to do something. I got to make a change. And from that day forward, I actually um, was able to go into recovery and get clean. Um, I got my parents back in my life, went through, you know, treatment and all of that. And so then I'm clean and I'm 22 years old and I find myself pregnant with my first son and I was broke, right? Working like a a waitressing job because I was just a druggie and got clean, had a felony, um, got a waitressing job, also got pregnant, um, 
you know, met my first, met my first husband, got pregnant and we were broke. And at that point I'm like, okay, so I can continue to be on food stamps and welfare and barely making it, or I can really like decide what I'm going to do. And so I decided I was going to go back to school and really didn't know, you know, college was the way to go. That was what I was taught was go to college, you know, get married, go college, all that good stuff, get a normal job. And so I didn't really know what I wanted to do, but I knew that I had a story. I knew that because of where I had come from and able to overcome what I had overcome, that I had something, I had something to share. I had a story. I had some sort of impact to make, and I wasn't really sure how I was going to do that. Started going to college and discovered the world of psychology and therapy. You know, I'm like, this is perfect. This is perfect. I get to study human behavior, my own, like what happened to me. Right. Um, and at the, at the time I was like, maybe I want to be a drug and alcohol counselor. And so, um, and I get to learn about, you know, psychology, which is super interesting stuff. And then I can become a therapist or whatever I want to do to help give back, to help people that are overcoming their own struggles, overcome them and, and be part of that journey for them. And so um, got my degree in psychology, a bachelor's degree, decided I was going to go on for my master's degree. This whole time I was working full time Monday, you know, a nine to five job. And I then had my second son. Um, So I was a young mom, you know, at this time of my second son, I was 26 years old, had just finished my bachelor's degree, Um, still broke, but working full time, nine to five, going to school on the weekends and nights, all the stuff, found myself as a single mom then for a long time and decided, well, I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm going to go get my master's degree. And so um, took out tons of school loans and put myself through college while working full time, got my master's degree, um, seven years of college. And a lot of overcoming my past happened in that seven years while going to school. I was able to get a really good job in the field of psychology, kind of started working my way up. Um, And it was always, you know, telling my story in my past because they're like, well, you have a felony. What are we doing? You know? And so it was always, this is where I've been. This is what I'm doing differently. This is what I can prove to you. I have proof here. And so getting proof along the way of my journey of someone giving me a recommendation letter. Yep. She actually, she rented an apartment from us and she was great or, you know, and so I just built up this credibility over time and this proving myself, overcoming, just proving myself and overcoming and ended up working for the government in a very high security job in psychology, um, despite my past, despite having a felony and making, you know, six figures a year, making great, great money and bought my first house at the age of 30 and thought that I was, you know, living like the American dream, successful life. Right. Um, but found myself trading time for dollars <laughs> and the more my job wanted for me, the more time I was away from my kids. I was the mom who then basically missed everything. Cause I was, you know, when they were little, I was putting myself through college and working full time. And then, then when I got that really good job, I was making really good money, but then I'm working 12, 14 hour days. So daycare raised both my boys basically. And I was the mom who missed everything and found myself, you know, I remarried in this time, you know, it was time had, you know, years and years gone by, um, and remarried and found myself pregnant with our third baby, with my third baby and very, very excited. She's five now. So this was five years ago, right? I'm living the American dream. We're living in Seattle. We have a nice big house. I'm working crazy hours, 
you're working on Christmas a lot, missing family time. And um, we really wanted to have a baby. So we get pregnant and it was a baby girl, we find out. And so my only daughter, because my other two are boys and I'm pregnant and it's almost time for maternity leave. And I'm like thinking about going back to work to this 14 hour day job, missing now my my only daughter, my last kid missing out on her childhood and going, there's got to be a better way. Um, and I looked at my husband, I'm like, there's got to be a way, there's got to be a way that I can make the kind of income that I'm making and do it on my own time and my own hours and from home. And he kind of laughed and said, Hey, more power to you. If you can do, if you can find something more power to you. Well, at that time I was introduced to network marketing and I didn't even know it was network marketing. And I was actually trying to lose the baby weight. And so I was doing a fitness program and I had no clue that there was a network marketing opportunity attached to it at all. Um, But someone had reached out to me and was like, Hey, I see you're doing this. You're already using the products. You want to make some extra money. Just, you're already sharing it on social media. Why not? And I'm like, sure. Why not? Sign me up. Sounds like a good gig. I'm already doing it. Cool. Yeah, let's go. And didn't really even do research, had no clue. It was network marketing. Didn't know what network marketing was even, um, super green, um, was super excited, was spammy and spammed my friends and family right off the bat, posted all the worst things, all the buy my stuff posts, join my, join my team posts. Um, I get those Facebook, those Facebook memories from five years ago. And you're like, Oh gosh, that's awful. (laughs) Um, But I saw the vision and I saw other people that were doing this thing that I was doing. Still didn't know it was network marketing, making a ton of money, bringing themselves home from corporate jobs, being home with their kids, working at home. And I'm like, they can do that. I can do this. I've overcome this, 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 and this. If they can do that, I can do this. I can do this. And so I put my head down and I worked really hard in that first year. I wanted to be home so bad. And it still makes me get choked up when I think about my wives. It's like wanted to be home with my baby so bad. Um, so I went to work and I did not have a good upline. I did not have coaching from above, letting me know what to do. I was on my own. Um, and I told my husband, I said, I want to bring my home myself home in a year and a half. And, you know, I got that first $30 paycheck and he's like, okay, <laughs> let's see where this goes. You know, oh, you're well, you're real cute, you know, network this goes, you know, oh, you're well, you're real cute, you know, network marketing thing. He, you know, because people don't understand spouses don't understand. And when you're putting in as much work as I was putting in, so I would wake up super early in the morning because I was still working a full-time job um, early in the morning, like four in the morning to work my business a little bit, get my kids up, head to work at work all day, commute. My commute was an hour and a half each way to work. Um, So, and I took public transportation. So on my way to work and on my way home, working that business, working that business, got home, would do, you know, the whole dinner and bath and bedtime for my kids. And then I'm on my computer working that business till like midnight, you know? And so your spouse sees you working all these hours for a $30 paycheck. He's like, do you realize that's like two cents an hour right now that you're making? I'm like, I do realize that, but I, I think this is going to work. I think this is going to work. And 
it did. And so I, I, I invested in, in outside training and coaching. I watched all oh, invest. I watched all the free stuff. I YouTubed, I looked up, you know, um, podcasts, Shalene, you know, I just did all the podcasts. I was feeling myself learning, being self-taught, um, and put my head down and grind it out. And 14 months later, I replaced my government income and brought myself home from my job. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my first, uh, my first company. I'm not with that company anymore. It was a great company, great experience. I was with it for three and a half years. Um, and then I, tra- I transitioned on to another company. And I, after that, um, I was with a wine company and it d- wasn't a good fit. And now I'm, I'm home now with my new company, um, with our happy coffee company. And I've been here for nine months and our team is almost 500 strong. We have like 2,500 customers. We are rocking and rolling. It's insane. Um, I've replaced that first network marketing income, replaced that income plus some. So um, super fortunate and blessed. And in all of that, in my, because of network marketing, I was able then to get back to owning my own therapy practice, which is Life's a Beach, uh, my mental health private practice because of network marketing though. Because before network marketing, I didn't know what being a business owner meant. I was punching a time clock. I was, you know what I mean? I, I don't want to say sheep because of, I don't, but in a way it's like I was going, I was punching a time clock. I, I didn't know what running a business really entailed, right? I, I, whether I, sh- I just showed up and I got my pay, got my paycheck. So, um, I never really, when I thought about running a private practice back then, I was like, eh, it didn't really, it didn't really sound too appealing to me. It sounded too daunting, overwhelming. Um, so I was, and I was making great money at the government. So because of network marketing though, um, I learned what it was like to be run a business, self-discipline, all that stuff. And in that I was able to then get my private practice license and open up a private practice mental health therapy business just a couple of days a week on my own time. So I can still use that hundred thousand dollar master's degree that I have so many loans still (laughs) take it out on. Right. So that's kind of like a really condensed version of my story. <laughs> so if that's the condensed version, <laughs> what did we leave out from the full version? Oh gosh, there's just so many details, right? Of your life. I couldn't go into my whole life. I mean, <laughs> but that's, that's really in a nutshell, like my story. If someone were to say like, what's your story? My past is drugs, overcame all that. Um, corporate government, you know, master's degree, collar job and making great money, but miserable, missing out on time, found network marketing, opened up a whole new world of freedom and flexibility, and then was able to then go back to another passion project of mine, which is psychology. Yeah. I'm interested in discussing it, and I recognize that this is a a sensitive subject, um, so I want to be very respectful of how I ask this, but... uh, but I think there's a lot of um, a, a lot of value that that can be drawn out of, of your story, uh, in in addition to to the value inherent in, in what you just said. Um, at, when you were 14, and you had that interaction with your dad, and I believe you said that's what sent you into that tailspin. It seems like somebody has to have some sort of like some sort of maybe insecurity tripped or, or some sort of belief 
that is flipped in that moment that then causes that tailspin. And, and I, I, I recognize that it was a traumatic event, but what psychologically did that do that sent you into that tailspin? Like, I don't was it think unworthiness? it was just that. I think it was a, a culmination of things. So at the same time, around that same time, before that, I was very involved in gymnastics growing, gymnastics growing up, like elite gymnast, competed very, very good, competed all over. Um, and it, right around that same time, 14, my mom came into my room. She was a single mom um, for a really long time and had just remarried at that time. And she came into my room and she said, I can't afford gymnastics anymore. You have to quit. And like my world, like that was my whole entire world. Like I was like, I'm going to be in the Olympics. And so I felt like that was crushing to a kid that can't do anything about it, that I have to quit something that's like my whole entire world right now. And then at the same time, my dad tells me at first, it was my dad told me he was gay and that wasn't crushing in itself really. No, but a 14 year old kid confusing. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the whole like, wait a minute, uh, you know, um, and, and then questioning things and feeling like, well, I don't want to tell anyone because, you know, back then, I mean, that's like early nineties, you know, it was right around, right after the whole AIDS epidemic in the eighties. And what are people going to think of me if my dad, if they know my dad's gay, that kind of thing, that feeling as a teenage girl, as a teenage girl who already, you go to school and you're already dealing with ridicule and what are you wearing and all the, the girl drama that goes on. And so then you add this extra layer and I'm like, okay, so that, and, and I don't think if it was just that, if my dad had just said I'm gay and I didn't have all this other kind of stuff going on, then I probably would have been okay maybe, you know? And then, um, so he told me he was gay and then it was probably like six months later, he came to visit and that's when he told me he was HIV positive. And so then again, 14 years old, 14 and a half at the time, all I knew was people got AIDS and they died. That's what I saw, you know, I mean, from the, so the media and like where we're thinking about the time that we were in during that time, which was right after the 80s, um, right after the AIDS epidemic, 1994. So all I thought was, well, my dad's he's going to die. He's my dad's like he's a goner. Basically, I didn't know he had the next 20 years still ahead of him, which is awesome. But um I didn't know that, you know, and so, and then I had a very abusive stepfather, um, not physically, but very psychologically, mentally, emotionally come into my life right at that time too, as a teenage girl. Um, so daddy issues, cause daddy's not there, you know, he gets sick, stepdaddies, you know, so all of that kind of stuff. And I, I am a risk taker by nature. So I, if someone's like, you want to try this? I'm like, yeah, heck yeah, I'll try. I'll try anything once that kind of person, you know, um, now as I've grown up and realized that you can't, you can't just go, oh yeah, I'll try that too. Um, but so when I was out partying with friends, looking for something to escape, started with alcohol, right. Then you smoke some marijuana and then you're at a party and some friends like, Hey, I got this stuff. Take a line of this. I had no idea. First line hooked, hooked life as I knew it was over for a while. Um, and it was, it was the first time that I tried it, that I literally became addicted. Yeah. And, and I, and I can see that my addictive personality, you know, now being an adult going through that recovery, 
I've had food, binge eating issues, you know, I had food addiction issues. So looking at that and I can see, you know, definitely, I definitely see, I have a tendency to have an addictive personality for sure. Now I just channel that and fuel that into positive things like fitness, my business, helping others, pouring into others. Yeah. Well, it's absolutely not. And I'm not comparing it all in the same vein, but as far as like addictive personalities go, I mean, I could, I grew up and I was very addicted to video games. I mean, it literally would consume my life. And so like, I totally understand the whole, like channeling it into something positive. Like, that's why I'm so grateful for the show because like it is such a positive and creative outlet to like channel and focus that like, you know, it, it prevents anything, you know, like, like it, it prevents anything, you know, like, like the, the, that energy and effort and focus from going into something that's not constructive. Right. Like I, I totally understand that, yeah. that one part of it. Um, So, so it seems like you, you almost had like an ego death of not being able to do gymnastics plus all these other things packed on all at the same time. So it seems like plus that, that introduction um, that one time that, that makes a lot of sense of like, you know, putting like all the pieces of the story together um, to, to make sense of that. So what was it like, going from like your normal life to, and again, you know, I recognize this is a very sensitive, sensitive topic. So oh I'm no, I'm an open book. I'm totally transparent. Um, well, I'm, I'm very appreciative that and you're it was to so go long. It's 20 years ago. So it's, I've talked about it for 20 years. So I'm very right. just, yeah, <laughs> it's totally fine. So that transition, right. What did that feel like? Like, what did that, I mean, you, you, you were some, you were yourself and then, you know, kind of started this new phase, but what did that actually feel like making that transition? Um, God, it felt very disconnected and it was like, I mean, it was a gradual thing, you know, so got introduced to it, started, you know, using it on, on the weekends or like, you know, after school. And so the school started to slide, the friendship started to change, the activities started to change. Cause I was also in dance team at the time in high school, I was on dance team stopped doing that, you know, so things started to fall apart in my life gradually. Um, when it got really bad, you know, when I'm not, cause that, that, then I'm not living at my house anymore. Like I'm not living at home. Um, very, when I think about it now and try to think about how it felt, it felt very dark, but it also felt very just disconnected. You know what I mean? Like it felt it almost feels like an out-of-body experience. When I look back on it now, it's almost like I look down and look at what I was, you know, my past as, as if it wasn't even really me because I mean, even my husband now says, I can't even imagine like, cause I'll tell him some of the really dark stuff during my use that, ha- you know, he's like, I, I can't even like fathom that's even the same person like it doesn't even like people look at me and they're like you have it all you have all the success you have a great family you make great money you drive all the nice cars you own a house all this stuff and then I tell them where I've been and their jaw hits the floor um and I think it's funny a lot of times people are, will say when they don't know that about me 
gosh, you're just so lucky. You have it all. You're so lucky. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. This was not luck, my friend. <laughs> this was years of overcoming and, and fighting for who I am. Yeah. When, when, you, when you use the first time, I mean, what was that like? I mean, was it just immediate, like a freight train, like immediately – addictive like what what did that actually feel like I loved it I loved the feeling it was I am a high energy person I love things that are high energy um so you know before that I had dabbled with other stuff right I had drank alcohol at parties or um you know, smoked pot at parties or um you know I think there was even Ritalin or something or acid and mushrooms we had done at a party never had the feeling with any of those, those were like, I could do it at a party and not even think about it the next day. This was different. Um, this was very different. I loved the feeling of the high, um, the energy feeling like I just felt like I was superwoman. Right. I felt like I had no problems. My problems had disappeared mm. when I used, it was all of a sudden, like I forgot my problems. Um, and, and it was just different. It was, I wanted it again. I wanted to replace that feeling again and I wanted it as quickly as possible. And so, um, it was definitely different from anything. Yeah. Wow. So as you then were going through that period and you had that moment where in the public bathroom, where you looked at yourself in the mirror, how did you actually go about breaking that addiction? Oh, well, Oh, well, I called my mom was the first thing I did. Um, my mom was always, you know, there for me, but you know, it got to a point where she wasn't, she was there for me, but not there for me. If you know what I mean? Um, I was kind of dead in her eyes. So I called my mom and I said, and she had heard this plenty of times before, um, because she had still lived in Astoria at the time, Astoria, Oregon, and I was living in Seattle. Um, and I called her and was like, I am ready. This is it. I want to get clean. And she'd heard it before. She had heard it before because even when I lived in Oregon and was using, I would tell her that and she would let me in her house and I would sleep and eat for a week. And then I'd be out doing my thing again. So she'd heard it before. And I don't know what made her say, okay, this time, because there had been plenty of times where she said, I've heard this before, Megan. No, you know, um, but something maybe was different. Maybe she heard me different. I don't know. Um, and she said, and it was right before Christmas. Maybe it was cause she was in the Christmas spirit. Who knows? And she said, okay, I'm going to come and get you right now. And so I waited at the gas station public bathroom for three hours. And my mom came and picked me up and drove me back to her house. And I had Christmas recovering and withdrawing, um, which was awful. Right. <laughs> and, um, I actually have a picture that I posted on my Facebook page of that Christmas. I posted it not too long ago. Um, brings me back, but so came here and detoxed and withdrew all through Christmas. And I was actually, you know, living in Seattle. I was not living here and my dad was living in Seattle. And she said, now after Christmas, we have to drive up to your dad's and see if he's going to take you back in his house. And that was the hard one. <laughs> my dad was not so eager to let me back in his house. But he did. He let me back in his house. And so I 
I went through some little outpatient treatments for a little stint of a time. It wasn't very long. Um, I want to say maybe six months. And it was like just going to an outpatient group every, like it was like Monday and Wednesday, twice a week or whatever. Um, And started working and, you know, I was ready at that. You know, that was like, I was done. I was done. I knew at that point, if I didn't, I already had a felony. I was going to be dead soon. I, you know, I had gotten in some sticky situations where I almost died multiple times. And so I knew when I looked in that bathroom mirror, you're going to be dead soon or you're going to be in prison soon. And is that really what you want to do? Is that your, is that your life? And I don't know what it was that day. Um, because there'd been plenty of times where I looked in the mirror and had thought differently, had thought, yep, you're going to be a drug addict the rest of your life. But that day I knew, I just, I, I don't know. And so, um, yeah, it was just, I had made the decision. <laughs> so I didn't really do any, you know, and I had been through treatments. So during high school, when I was, you know, in all of that, all of those years, my mom had tried putting me in treatment twice um, inpatient treatment during my high school years, um, twice. So I'd been through treatment. So I knew, I knew the stuff, right. I knew like really kind of the, I guess the skills behind it or what recovery meant, all that kind of jargon and stuff. But I think when you make a decision to do something, you make a decision to do something, you know, I mean, and I'm not saying that's for everyone, but for me, it was, and I really, and I tried to go to NA meetings after the whole six months. I just couldn't do it. It was not my thing. I'm not bashing it at all. Um, but it almost made me feel stuck in that where I wanted to move away from that. I wanted to, I wanted a new life for myself, you know? And so by going to any NA meetings, it, it made me feel like I was still there almost, you know? And so I didn't, that wasn't my thing. It was surround myself with family. And then I started college and, and I, and then with my kids, once I had my kids, it was game over. It wasn't about me anymore. Um, and honestly, I do say if I didn't have my first son when I was 22, I don't know if I would still be clean, you know, still be clean, still taking that path. I would hope that yes, but it was really when I had my son, it was like, okay, uh, that really is not an option at all because now you have a life to care for. And I, um, yeah, that was, that was kids was huge for me. How did you build back up your, your confidence and get in the right mindset to move from this place of like a very low, low to then, you know, a place of achievement, a place of success, a place of abundance. Like how did you, how did you reprogram your mind and get back to that? Because it seems like when you were very young and you were achieving in uh, gymnastics, you probably had that mindset back then. So how did you get back to that or, or you know, yeah, get into that state of mind? It took a lot of work. It took a lot of work. Um, I'm still a work in progress. But what I feel, you know, I like I said, I started school for psychology. So I started studying myself. I started, you know, diving into some personal development stuff. I also, I did go through counseling later on. Um, it was probably, I was probably, 
right before my master's degree. So, you know, I was in college, did ther- a stint of therapy, went and got my own counselor for a while. Um, and then I did a ton starting, well, starting five years ago. Um, I, five years ago, I definitely had success and all that, but I still had a somewhat skewed negative mindset and self-confidence issues. And five years ago, when I discovered, when I really discovered personal development in network marketing, that's when like I the last five years have been massive growth massive growth yeah can you talk about like some of those incremental shifts that you recognized you needed to make and how you actually made those um gosh that there's (laughs) there's a lot of those um let me think here incremental shifts and how I made those um it just depends I mean there's it's a lot of inner work and looking back at um, a lot of forgiveness, forgiveness in yourself, right? Um, forgiving those around you. So a lot of work in forgiveness, a lot of work in, you know, I am a recovering people pleaser and perfectionist. Um, and I was, like you said, a, a younger, I was a high achiever, straight A's, gymnast, all of the things, very, very high achieving person. But I was also very much a people pleaser and perfectionist. And so overcoming that, you know, a lot of Brene Brown helps me with that. I love her and um, doing just a lot of work on reprogramming those self-limiting beliefs, right? The, the gremlins that come in and say, Oh, you're not going to be able to do that because you are an ex drug addict. You have a felony. No one's going to hire you, right? Those self-limiting beliefs. No one's going to hire you you have its felony because that's what a lot of people probably with a felony think, right? No one's going to hire me at the government. No one's going to hire me at the government. I have a felony, right? Just learning how to reprogram your brain, meditation every single day, visualization every single day, daily affirmations every single day, practicing gratitude every single day. Those were the big things for me when I started implementing those things into my life on a daily basis to reprogram my brain and reprogram those self-limiting beliefs to say, no, sit down. You sit down. I can do this. They are going to hire me. I don't care if I have a felony. That's not who I am anymore. They are going to look at me and, and walking into interviews, you know, at the, like my a big one for me was getting that job at the government, walking into that interview of panel of government people, knowing I got that felony, it's probably highlighted <laughs> and, and just nailing an interview, you know, knowing that I can do it, having the confidence to go in there and nailing an interview, um, talking yourself up. And that, again, that's affirmations. And it, it really, is reprogramming brain. Anyone can reprogram your brain. Anyone can overcome past obstacles and rewrite a new story of success. Anyone can do it. Because if I can do it from where I've been, literally anyone can. But it does take a lot of self-development and work, daily work. And like I just named those five practices I do daily every single morning. That's a lot of discipline that a lot of people aren't willing to do. Um, cause it is, it, it does take discipline to do that, but it's changed my life, changed my brain and made me, you know, go from meth monster to massive success. That's amazing. <laughs> That's truly, truly amazing. And, you know, I, I've interviewed hundreds of people at yeah. this time, at this point, and repeatedly I've seen so many successful people say, that things like meditation, like journaling, like gratitude and, you know, affirmations and and visualization, all of those things that, I mean, 
it really almost saved their life in, yeah. in one way or another. And, you know, to, to hear about your journey and, and, you know, really see the chronology of it from, you know, from, from beginning to end. I mean, that is incredible. Thank and that you. is absolutely inspiring. So thank you for, for sharing that and being absolutely. To on the show. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's an honor. Yeah. So when you got into network marketing and, and you started to, you know, play around with it and see like, okay, maybe this could be the thing I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Maybe this could be that stay at home, replace my income type right. thing. And you started to first see the, the potential in it, right? What was that turning point to where you're like, oh, oh, this is the thing. This is it. Man, I just fell in love with it. It was getting those messages from people saying, you've really helped me do X, Y, and Z, or you really, your story inspired me to take action to do something different with my life. Or, you know, those messages started rolling in and that feeling that you have helped impact someone's life just by sharing your story. I was like, this is the best thing ever. This is literally the best thing ever. It's and so I just got this fire ignited and I just fell I just fell absolutely in love with network marketing. Everything that it can do for the average person to start a business. The average person doesn't have $250,000 to go invest in a franchise. The average person can scrape together $99 and start a network marketing business. Now, Low risk, high reward is good and bad in a lot of different ways. But for the average person, and I've seen people, I've helped a lot of moms and single moms and moms that have been, you know, struggling, dealing with some ex struggles that I did and just recently maybe got back on their feet and they're waitressing and they're working full time and they're trying to, you know, do things for their kids and they're scrape, just scraping by and they have all these self-limiting beliefs and they don't think they can amount to anything. And I've seen them turn completely around and create this amazing business, this amazing life, provide for their kids limitlessly. And it's literally the best thing ever to see, be part of someone's journey through that is just, there's nothing that feels better. And that, that was when I was like, wow, this is really awesome. I freaking love this. And I love everything about it. I love the social media part of it. I love prospecting. I love the training and leadership part of it. I love impacting lives. I just love that this can be an outlet to impact lives. You know, it's so much bigger than a person's product. It's not about the product. It's about, this is an outlet. This is an avenue for me to reach a lot of people, thousands of people with a click of a button that we have on Facebook. My Facebook lives can reach thousands and thousands of people. I can't do that. I can't meet thousands and thousands of people at the coffee shop. And, you know, so I'm able to inspire and educate and entertain and impact people's lives, thousands of people's lives. And my avenue using network marketing to make an impact while making an income. It's literally the best gig ever. <laughs> That's amazing. So we, we have a good idea of where you came from and we have somewhat of an idea of where you are now, but can you talk a little bit about like 
where you really are right now? Like how high up the mountain have you actually climbed? I, how high, do you want me to like say what I'm in my income? Like, what do you want me to, what are you looking for? Uh, I, I just want to get like, I, mean, I have a, a great house, a <laughs> uh, 3000 square foot house with my beautiful family. We have three kids. Um, we have a travel trailer, new travel trailer. We drive new cars. Um, we go on lots of vacations. I think I've traveled five times this year. I'm going on another trip tomorrow to see Tony Robbins, which has been on my bucket list for a long time. So that's, you know, that's huge for me is to going to um, unleash the power within tomorrow. Uh, we're going to Hawaii in August. You know, I am definitely a six figure a year earner in my company. Um, I've climbed pretty high. I have a lot higher to go, a lot higher to go. But from where I was, I'm doing pretty good. Well, that is exactly the next question is how high do you want to climb and where do you want to go? Oh, I have huge goals, huge goals. Um, my first, which I kind of manifested as well, is starting to speak on stage. And I have my first speaking event in October on stage, which is super exciting. So I want to speak on stage. Um, I want to be, you know, a top income earner in my company because I want to be a seven-figure year earner so I can impact more people because the more money the make, that you make, the more lives that you can change. And I have big things, big, thing, big organizations I want to give back to. Um, you know, I want to do a lot of things in my own community as far as the addiction population. Um, I want to help fund some some things here, you know, some organizations, donate. I mean, like I have a, I have a lot of things I want to do. I want to travel. Um, so I, I have a lot of big goals. You know, I definitely want to be um, be well known in the profession that I'm in in network marketing. I want to make a huge impact here. I want to elevate the industry. I want to help other network marketers, um, and just help a lot of people. <laughs> I want to help a hundred thousand people. It's like my thing is I want to help a hundred thousand people. Um, yeah. <laughs> when you think about the people in history who have had a tremendous impact on who we are as people today, like Confucius, Lao Tzu, Socrates, right. Amelia Earhart, you know, just incredible people. Incredible Oprah. People. Oprah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. I was thinking like super agent, but you're totally right. You're totally <laughs> right. Do you want to leave behind a legacy like them? And oh, if God, so, yeah. what do you want that legacy to be? Ooh, I do want to leave a legacy behind that big. Um, it's super weird to me. And this all comes so full circle. When I was a kid, I had this huge dream. I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be a singer and actress. I wanted to be, an, I wanted to be famous. I want to be a famous singer and actress. Um, and, and so now like I'm in network marketing and thinking, okay, well, I might not be famous singer and actress, but I can definitely make an impact over here and be famous in this realm, right? Be Facebook famous. So. <laughs> um, and so my legacy would be in, my legacy would definitely be in this profession. It would be to make an impact, to elevate this profession for sure. Um, and be an inspiration to other women, like really empowering, really just, I mean, I, I want to speak on lots of stages. I want to impact lots of lives. I want to like really, um, so I, that's a big loaded question as far as like what my leg, what I really want my legacy to be. 
so I'd have to really think more on that. It's a great question for me to start kind of, hmm, what would, would I, but yeah, big, I want big and I want definitely somewhere in this, in this arena of what I'm doing. When you think about the truths that you hold today, you think about 10 years from now, what truths do you think may change in that time? Hmm. Wow. I honestly don't know the answer to that because that's, that's just 10 years from now. Who knows when I think about 10 years, the last 10 years are so drastically different. The last year of my life has been so drastically different that when I think 10 years, wow, I have no idea. I mean, I'm going to be, we're going to be snowbirds. My kids are going to be grown. I'm going to be traveling all around, speaking on stages, loving life, just like living my bucket list life, really. So as far as my truths, I'm not sure, you know, because my personal growth journey isn't going to end. I do personal development every single day. And so I'm always growing. I'm always learning how to up level, you know, level up, uh, grow, change, find new things, learn new things. So um, it'll probably be vastly different in 10 years. (laughs) So Megan, I want to thank you so, so much for for coming on the show today and sharing this time with me. It's been very special. So, you know, I do want to say thank you. Thank you for having me. It has been an honor and what you're doing is so, so cool. So I hope it just explodes for you. Well, thank you very much. And absolutely, um, I do have one more question for you. Okay. Uh, so I'm 24. Yeah. And the reason I say that is because I like saying random facts on here. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Cause it's, it's relevant to the question. Um, and, and it's a very personal question. Sure. Um, I really want to know what question should I be asking you, specifically you, um, that I just wouldn't think to ask? Oh my gosh. What question should you ask me that you wouldn't think to ask? Oh, I have no clue. <laughs> Is that horrible? I really don't know. <laughs> you asked so many great questions. Like your questions are really good. I had to really think about some of those. I was like, Oh man. Um, no, I, I don't even know what you just dove into so much. So I really can't think of anything. <laughs> well, maybe I could rephrase the question a little okay. bit. If you could give advice to 24 year olds in general, okay, what would that be? I would say, Take, take the chances, take the risks. If there's something you want to do and you're letting fear hold you back or you're letting what someone else is going to think of you hold you back, take, jump, jump and do not listen. Um, because if you don't, you're going to regret it. It's so much better to try something and take a leap, you know, um, and try something new. If I hadn't taken a leap and tried network marketing, something totally new and totally, my family thought I was nuts. My, everyone thought I was nuts. If I hadn't done that and taken a leap, I, my life would be completely different right now and not in a good way. Um, so take the leap, just do it. If there's something you want to do, make it happen. That's awesome. <laughs> Megan, you rock. Thank you very much to everybody who's watching and listening. 
I love y'all very, very much. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Your time is super duper valuable. So I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, let's wrap.